Hello everyone, I'm Rachel, and you're listening to Let's Talk Avatar. This is a watch-through of The Legend of Korra. Isaac and I will be discussing each episode and giving our opinions on it. Just as a reminder, this podcast does contain spoilers for The Legend of Korra. This is a teen-rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Let's Talk Avatar. I'm Rachel. I'm Isaac. And today we're going to be discussing episodes 9 and 10 of The Legend of Korra. Uh, Before we get started, as always, I just want to share something with you guys. We are going to be doing another giveaway because, you know, we love those giveaways. We've actually uh, partnered with someone who creates Avatar water bottles. And this time we're going to be giving away three of them. We have three to give away, so there'll be three winners. More information will come on our Instagram and we'll also talk about it later because this isn't an ongoing giveaway. Uh, This will start in the future, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up. That way you know. But besides that, I really don't have anything else I'd like to share. Isaac, do you have anything? Nope. Okay, so let's just hop right in. Episode 9 is titled Out of the Past. So when we left off, Korra was trapped by Tarlock in a uh, titanium box, I think it is. So she's just trapped in there, hanging out, doing her thing, and her friends have been put in jail. So that's where we left off Left off at. Trying to think where I want to start this. We're just going to go through a quick summary of it because there's things I want to talk about, but I really don't want to go through the whole episode. (laughs) Also, um, this is the first time we're recording with our new um, setup. Yeah, it looks so professional, you guys. We have mic stands and like pop filters. It feels so fancy. We have some like... (laughs) Well, what is this soundproof stuff? But we don't really know what to do with it. So I'm not sure if it's actually even doing anything. Like we know you're cool. supposed to put it on the walls, but we just know that's not going to work. This room is too echoey and we only have like six of them. So <laughs> yeah, it's 10 bucks for six of them and we're broke. So um, we're, we're trying to give you guys all these giveaways. So we're spending our money on that rather than <laughs> actual, actual quality. <laughs> um. Yeah, so let us know if you hear a difference or if you like it this way because we haven't really listened to it yet, so we don't know what it sounds like. We're hoping for good results, though. Okay, so this episode, Lin Beifong hears on the radio Amon. Is it Amon? I think he's, like, interrupted the radio again. Or no, there's, like, news that, oh, that the Equalists have attacked City Hall because Tarlock made it look like he was attacked. So... Lynn hears that and she's like, well, I'm going to get ready because I'm going to go save people. Then she gets the gang out of jail and they go and show up to Tenzin and they're like, hey, we're here to find Korra. And he's like, um, okay. So then they go on the hunt. They they infiltrate like the equalist hideout, right? That's what it is. And they end up finding her uh, police officers that have already been stripped of their bending and they don't find Korra. So they're like, what the heck? And this is where Mako kind of starts to go crazy. I mean, he's starting to get there, but this is where you really see him kind of go psycho. And they find out that the equalist actually never attacked City Hall and that it was all made up by Tarlock. So they go to address him. They find out he's a bloodbender. He bloodbends them. Uh, Asami's on the floor looking like she's just planking. It's really weird. Go watch it. Trust me, you won't regret it. 
<laughs> and then once they come to, uh, what happens when they come to actually? I think that's when, while this is all going on, Korra's having flashbacks that Aang, uh, of Aang's life with Yakone, this Aang. like mobster from early, I guess back in Aang's day. Yeah, and Aang's like, you need to see this now more than ever. Boom. Mm hmm. <laughs> And Korra's like the first time she's really been in touch with Aang or her spiritual side, I guess you can say. And this is, I love this moment because I, you get to see Sokka and we never really find out what went on with Sokka. So I love this just purely for getting to see him. Then there's Toph, of course, and it's, they're all the same kind of characters, you know? And you see that this Yakone guy is being accused of bloodbending and they're trying to fight that but then they find him guilty. He ends up bloodbending them and Aang has to go into the Avatar state to defeat him. But you find out that through this, it, is this where they discover that Yakone is um, related to Tarlock? I don't know. I thought uh, what was that was the purpose of this? That was episode... This is episode nine. Tarlock, we find is, find out is a bloodbender, episode eight. There's a reason they're showing him though. And I can't for the life of me remember what it is exactly. Because he's Amon's brother? <laughs> but we don't know that yet. We, I mean, if you guys are watching this, you already know Amon and Tarlock are brothers and Yukon is their dad. But we don't know that. We don't know that at this point. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, I think it is. I think because uh, Korra's like, I mean, she, so she's in this box, right? She finds out about Yukon and how he's a bloodbender and he has the power to bloodbend even with when there's no like full moon and then while when she comes out of that state she hears the equalist and amon are taking um tarlock as prisoner and you hear amon say go electrocute the box so what she does is she takes her like her bracelet thing wraps it around and then lifts herself up in the box they electrocute it and she pretends she's being electrocuted then when they open the box she like fire bends at them and escapes so, uh, this is a moment where you see Korra and Amon, uh, they see each other, and then Korra waterbends after he, she escapes, waterbends at him, and then runs, and he chases after her, and there's a moment where he jumps out, like, of the fog, and it's really creepy. Anyway, she ends up getting away, finding Naga, and then she finds her friends, but at that point, she's so out of it. You know, she hasn't eaten, she hasn't been taken care of, so she's in recovery at this point, and that's when the episode ends. In this episode, I like because things start to unfold and we start to understand a little bit more about what's going on and why but you're also there waiting like okay i like i'm the suspense is building up you want to know what's going to happen next so i don't really have anything specific to say about this episode i liked it and it's entertaining but there nothing really i just love seeing Sokka. that's my favorite part of it i have something to say Okay. I've been wanting to talk about it for a while. I just didn't know how to address it. Mm -hmm. So, Legend of Korra is obviously the same universe as Avatar, whatever. I feel like Avatar The Last Airbender knows its place more. I find that in Legend of Korra, there's a lot of really super awkward moments of character dialogue, animation. Like, it's just, there's a lot of, you know, even season one feels complete. Mm -hmm. But looking at it now, there's a lot of moments where it's just very out of place. Or like, why did they say that? Or they use the same like tone of voice a lot of times. So the same characters will have the same 
aggression towards something. Yeah, we were talking about this. Korra is the only real character I feel like that has a separate tone from other people. And even then, she's still, it, it, the dialogue's kind of the same for everyone, you know? Like everyone says the same kind of phrases. And, and not necessarily the same kind of phrases, but has the same kind of tone to them. And Which I sounds so nitpicky. Like, I didn't notice until recently, like, my fourth watch through, but it's just something yeah. that I, it's kind of, like, almost ruined it for me, because I'm like, well, ugh. And I feel like you and I have gone in with a more, like, analytical look at it, because we are doing this podcast, and we've seen it so many times at this point that we're like, okay, what are things that we haven't noticed yet? And that's one of the things that we haven't noticed that, I mean, you, it's not, it's something to get past. It's not a huge thing. But you do notice it. But when you notice it, it kind of ruins it for you because you keep watching and you're like, oh no, it's another one of those moments. Like, there was that time, uh, Mako always does it. His character always says those, what, what, what phrase was it that we noticed it on specifically? He's like, relax. And then there's a part where Cora, right? She's like, relax. The same kind of attitude. <laughs> same and like, tone, everything. They all say it. <laughs> yeah. Relax, they say it a lot. In like one episode, it's just like the span of 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I definitely have noticed some things that I didn't notice before. That sounds so nitpicky of us, but like, to me, when I watch it and that's happening, it throws me off so much. I don't know why. Yeah, I guess that's the one thing about watching a show so many times is you do start to become a little nitpicky because you're you're starting to notice things you didn't before. Yeah, true. I mean, we still love the show. It's still a great show, but yeah. we'd be lying if we said we didn't notice those little details, you know? And that's all I really have. I don't mean that I didn't even have to say anything. That was you saying it and responding. <laughs> um, on to episode 10? Yes. Episode 10 is titled Turning the Tides. And this one is pretty much Cora is recovering and... She, I think she's at the air temple, right? And at this point, uh, Amon is pretty much planned to take over, hasn't he? Or he has started to take over. Yeah, they start to notice a lot of different things. Um, he has already like kind of taken over, but they're starting to watch it happen even more. This and is, they have to go into hiding. Yeah, this is when the, the council members have been all attacked and taken hostage, except for Tenzin. So he's the only one that really has any say. And he's also, him and his kids are the only airbenders. And the equalists at this point obviously want to take bending away. So Tenzin's like, well, we got to go into hiding. Um. Also, this is the episode where Pema has um their kid in the middle of all of this. She's just at home, gives birth, and it's like, oh, okay, Rohan. That's what they name him. And um, Put in the comments down which, below who's better, um, Baby Hope or Baby Rohan. Yeah, Baby Hope or Baby Rohan. Let us know below if you're on YouTube. <laughs> um, or let us know on Instagram if you're uh, listening on anything else. This is also, me and Isaac, maybe another nitpicky thing. Uh, so Pema has gives birth, right? Then right after, gets on a sky bison. Is that what they're called? Sky bison? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That sounded weird to me for some reason. Gets on a sky bison right after she gives birth with a brand new baby to run away. And I'm like, She's dang, strong. she she doing it. I When I gave birth, I mean, granted, I had a C-section, but I'm just chilling. I ain't trying to move. She's already, like, hopping on sky bisons, running from these evil people. But Tenzin has to leave to go with Korra, I think, or something like that. And he leaves Lin in charge of his family. And at this point, the Equalists have infiltrated the Air Temple Island, and Lin is fighting them, but she can't handle it on her own. So who shows up? Tenzin's children. Janora comes in and she's like, 
leave my dad's ex-girlfriend alone. <laughs> I thought it's funny. I thought it was funny, but it's also cringy. <laughs> and then Milo fart bends. And um, Iki does like the air ball. And yeah, they save the day. They end up actually saving Lynn's life. Don't you think? They, she even says it herself. She's like, um, yeah, I wouldn't be here unless your kid's defended me and by that point Tenzin's come back oh I think that's when Pema gave birth yeah it is this whole time while the kids were fighting their mom's giving birth so no one even realizes and then that's when they see the kid and there's that moment of I don't know calmness when the, the child's born and you're celebrating it but then there's still like impending doom all around you and then they take off with Lynn this is where Pema gives birth and gets on the sky bison Lynn goes with them to to defend to defend them because he, she doesn't want the airbenders to be... To defeat the Hun. To, yeah, exactly. And in the end, she ends up getting captured and her bending's taken away. And this is by far... Cried. One of the saddest moments in the entire first season. Because Lynn is that character that you really don't care for at first. You're interested in. You don't care for her. And then you really realize that she is an actual kind, sincere person. You know? Like she's rough... Rough exterior, but soft on the inside. She's a tough cookie. She's a tough cookie. And her cookie hurts. Definitely. She she ain't got that cookie taken care of for a while. That cookie ain't been baked for a long time. Definitely wouldn't consider her having a WAP. <laughs> um, let us know what you think. Does Let Lynn, us know. <laughs> does Lynn have a WAP or a, a DOP? A DOP. A DAP. <laughs> DAP. Um, after this, Cora goes into hiding with her friends, and this is where we see General Iroh, which is Zuko's grandson, who is also voiced by Dante Bosco, which I love, but you're also like, okay, so that Zuko's voice here. I would notice anywhere. <laughs> you're just like, Zuko's here to save the day. Yes, <laughs> and then that's where it ends. So you, your hope is up because you're like, well, I mean, it's gone because Lynn got her bending taken away, but then you're also like, Iroh's here to save the, save the day. Good things are going to happen. And the next two episodes are definitely... Actually, I would say the last episode is the most action-packed episode in, I think, in a lot of cartoon history. I guess you could say if that makes sense. A lot is packed into that last episode, which we'll be talking about next week. Yeah, I really don't have a lot to say about these episodes for some reason. There's nothing that I felt the need to really discuss in detail, you know? Yeah, and at this point, it's moving so fast, so so um, abruptly. Yeah. It's kind of like, what do you talk about? <laughs> yeah, there's so much happening and so much to touch on, but it's not big enough stuff to really stop and analyze, I guess you could say. It's just Amon taking over, and it sucks because you, know, you knew it was going to happen. and Which I think Korra, the first season, does a really good job in making you scared. I've said this before. Amon is such a great character when it comes to that because you truly feel... There are moments, multiple moments, where you feel scared. Like, how are they going to defeat him? I definitely felt that in the next two episodes. Well, and you don't figure out anything until, like, what, episode the 11? The last episode. Right? Maybe it's the next episode. See, I thought it was way earlier. No, like, it is episode 11. I thought it was episode 10, the one we just talked about. Yeah. No, the last two are so jam-packed. Uh, yeah, I really don't have anything else to say, do you? That you want to talk about with these episodes? Or I guess Cora in general, since we're getting to the end of season one? I think um, episode 10 was the one 
when obviously Iroh shows up with his fleet of ships mm-hmm. and Korra goes to save him because... No, that's episode 11. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> getting too in. I thought it was too, and then I was reading the synopsis and I was like, what? That didn't happen in that episode? I'm telling you, the last few episodes just blend together because so much happens. And so much happens in the last episode where I'm just like, this isn't multiple episodes, it's only one. Yeah. That's crazy. I think that's all I have to say. Same. Sorry, guys, we weren't very uh, entertaining or we didn't really have a lot to say with these episodes. But tune in next week because we definitely will have a lot to say about the next ones. I definitely will because I just said definitely too many times. I will because I cry every time I see the very last scene of of season one. So not the very last one of the last scenes. So I will definitely voice my opinion on that. Same um as always thank you guys so much for listening definitely let us know what you think about our new setup if it sounds better if there's something we can improve on or send us a message if you ever just want to say hi we're on instagram we haven't done this in a while who's your favorite character at the end of episode 10 Ooh, that's hard definitely pema just kidding um definitely baby rohan um i gotta give him that gotta give him props for being born i really at this point i don't know i just feel for asami right now i feel for her more than i ever have in the previous times i've watched her her dad wants to kill her her boyfriend is cheating on her with the avatar and she and, and then her mom's already dead like she's just chilling there with bolin like are you my only friend kind of got herself into it just but how saying. how because she started dating mako how'd she get herself into it she just well, came look into at the this love not triangle knowing. well yeah but i mean the signs how was, were there how was she supposed to know when she asked mako on a date Cora wasn't there that okay but even like previous episodes it was still happening between mako and Cora. so yeah but i mean she probably didn't notice she pro- she also wasn't there in a lot of the moments we see, you know? Like, she saw them kiss or, like, sees the interactions between That's them. That's another thing I feel like Korra doesn't really do good with, at least in season one, is non-benders. Um, I'm not speaking for the rest of the seasons because they actually do pretty good, in my opinion. But, like, Asami, she's just kind of their driver, their designated driver, their D, their yeah. DD. Yeah, I mean, she has some good moments, but they leave her behind a lot. Which I guess, she's not a damsel in distress, that's for sure. Yeah. But they're just kind of like, all right, see you later, Asami, we gotta go. Like, like obviously, she can f- fend for herself and, like, you know, do the job just as good as they can. But for some reason, they don't showcase it as much. Yeah. Well, I think with this season, because it is, like, the bad guys are non-benders, supposedly, in a way. You know, they're these equalists that don't want any bending. I feel like they really didn't showcase as much. Actually, I feel like they don't showcase it from this point on at all. I really don't remember Asami being... I mean, it's been a while since we've watched it. I mean, there's it. a couple moments in um, four, 3 and 4 that I remember. Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen them in a while, though. <laughs> um, my favorite character is Lynn... She continues to give her all for them, even if it means that her... Bending is taken away. Her literal life's work is taken away, so... Yeah, she's definitely the hero, and she does everything she can. And when she rips those airships... Yeah. That was, like, a boss scene. Yeah, 
any moment with her fighting is actually, it's so intense and it's so good. And the fact that she went to find her police officers and gave up her role as chief to do it the way she wanted to goes to show you how dedicated she is to her team. And that's what I really like about her because she's a very respectable person, but she's not, she's also, you know, a bitch sometimes. So she's just going (laughs) to... be like that but i'm not gonna give her a 10 out of 10 i'm gonna bring her down to about 7.5 because i mean we know she doesn't have a wop again but (laughs) that's a big deciding factor for isaac on these characters rate cora asami pema i'm just kidding no we're not doing this (laughs) i'm just kidding uh yeah let's let's end this before we get a little more carried away i'm rachel i'm isaac and thank you guys so much for listening as always tune in to next week's episode where we finish season one we love you we cannot wait to talk to you guys again soon and stay tuned for our give it would not stay tuned but you know look out for our next giveaway on our instagram bye bye Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find us on our website at nonessentialmedia.com, on Twitter at Let's Avatar, and on Instagram at Let's Talk Avatar. Join us next week for another episode. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.